Welcome to the Foreign Relations Podcast. It is Monday, January 28th, and today we'll be joined by two Republicans and two Democrats. My name is Ethan Munn, and I'll be your host today. The Republicans will be Mitt Romney and Ted Cruz, and the Democrats will be Tim Kaine and Bob Menendez. Some background info about our guest today, Mitt Romney. He was a senator of Utah. He lost to Obama in 2012 in the president's race. Ted Cruz was the Texas senator. He lost to Donald Trump in the most recent presidential election, though he was reelected as a Texas senator. Tim Kaine is a senator of Virginia. He was also reelected. Bob Menendez is the leader of the minority party of the Foreign Relations Committee. Today here in Washington, D.C., it is a nice sunny day out, and it's around 50 degrees. Since I'm your host, you might want to know a little bit about me. I grew up in North Carolina. I attended UNC Law School, but I didn't make it that far because after a while, I decided I didn't want to do law, and here I am making podcasts. So I'm really excited to have these people on my podcast today. I want to see what they have to say, and I'm excited to see what they will talk about, if we'll get any information about what's happening due to the government shutdown. Yeah. Another thing we will talk about today is on how Russia's navy most recently showed aggression in the Sea of Eras and on how the 116th Congress will take action on them and also on how Russia's interference with the most recent election. Another thing we will also talk about is on how the most recently highly publicized murder of the journalist Jamal Khashoggi. The program will shortly return after this brief ad. So we are here with Carlos. So how do you feel about what's happening on the Mexican-American border with these immigration laws? Well, about three months ago, I tried to get into the U.S. with my mom and dad. And after we got past the border, we were apprehended, and my mother and my father were deported. So now I'm here alone. That is one of the many sad stories that we've heard of families splitting up from these immigration laws. Stand with us against the wall. Welcome back to the Foreign Relations Podcast, and right now we will transition to talking about the Foreign Relations Committee. Here is Tim Kaine. Thank you, Ethan, for having me on here. Hi, I'm Tim Kaine, member of the Foreign Relations Podcast of the Senate. I was recently re-elected in the Virginia Senate race. I'm a member of the Armed Services and the Foreign Relations Committee, and I am well-respected in Virginia. One of my main beliefs is protecting our values of freedom, democracy, and human rights. I'm committed to strengthening America's national security through military means, whatever it means to keep our America safe. And now Bob Menendez will share his opinion. Hi, I'm Bob Bobert Menendez. I'm the minority leader of the Foreign Relations Committee. I'm a moderate Democrat, and my parents are both Cuban immigrants. So I'm against the wall, and I'm also pro-choice. Here is Ted Cruz. Hi, my name is Ted Cruz, and I'm a very strong conservative, and my main goal for being in government is to make government more limited and to promote economic growth, and I was born and raised in Texas. And now Mitt Romney will share his opinion. Hi, I'm Mitt Romney, and I'm a moderate Republican. I am pro-life, for same-sex marriage, and for gun control. Why do you think the Foreign Relations Committee is very important? Bob, what do you think? Well, the Foreign Relations Committee was established in 1810. Uh, it was one of the first 10 committees established, and I think its relevance is even more prominent today with all this going on in the world. Well, I agree with that, Bob. This committee has been around for a very long time, and it's very important on 
influencing our government's decisions on foreign policy, such as treaties or sanctions on other countries, such as North Korea, and they're becoming crucially and more important. Yes, I also agree with that. I think it's very important that we have a positive foreign policy, and we're not a country that uh, everyone doesn't like or something like that. We're a very positive country. Without the Foreign Relations Committee, there would be nobody to deal with the countries alongside us. We want to work with them and achieve great things with them. What is it like for you guys to be in the Foreign Relations Committee? To be in the Foreign Relations Committee means that a lot of people are entrusted uh, with a great responsibility that you could be on this committee. And I'm, uh, I feel very good that the Senate decided that I am fit for this. And I would like to continue to help with the foreign relations of this country. Well, Ethan, that's a very good question. The Foreign Relations Committee can be quite stressful at some times because of all of these international things happening in the news. But in the long run, it feels good to know that we're helping our country and trying to look out for what our citizens truly want. So I would like to keep working with these guys on everything that we do. In the Foreign Relations Committee, how did the Democrats and the Republicans get along? In the Foreign Relations Committee, there are some disagreements, but in the end, we all get along. Jim Rich, the leader of the committee, and Bob get along pretty well. While there is, of course, bipartisanship within the committee, uh, most of the time we're able to set aside our differences and make tough decisions for the sake of the country. Plus, most of the members of the committee are moderates of their respective party, which makes compromising much easier. And everyone at this table is, in fact, a moderate, uh, besides Ted. Well, Bob, I have nothing against being a moderate. I'm just a strong conservative because of my religion and the way I was raised in Texas. What have you guys done in this Foreign Relations Committee? So, we have been recently sworn in, so we haven't done much, and due to the government shutdown, we've been very slowed down in our work, and we have not received pay since. All right, thank you guys. Coming up next after this short break, we will learn about how the government shutdown has affected these people that are sitting with us today. So, Carlos, how do you feel about Trump's immigration laws and strengthening our border security? Well, my family immigrated here legally uh, when I was five years old, and nowadays I am against illegal immigration because it takes jobs from hardworking citizens and it tarnishes the reputation of hardworking legal immigrants. Can I leave now? Yes. Welcome back. Right now we're going to talk about the government shutdown. Ted Cruz, what is your opinion on this matter? Well, as you expected, I am in favor of the government shutdown. I think that Trump should keep the government shut down until the Senate and House will pass the bill funding his wall. I think that this wall is necessary because Mexico, Mexican citizens coming into the U.S. illegally have been bringing in many drugs with them. Recent, some recent facts say that 8.2 million pounds of marijuana has been seized at the border, as well as 32,000 pounds of cocaine, 34,000 ounces of heroin, and 17,000 pounds of meth. These are all very dangerous drugs that we don't want coming to our country. So for that reason, Trump should be able to keep this government shut down. Tim Kaine, what do you think about this matter? Well, Ethan, I feel the shutdown is a waste of time. Many workers aren't getting paid, and that's the government's fault. Even if Trump does get his money, the time it takes for the wall to be built will not be what he's expecting it to be. Okay, Tim, what is your response to that, Mitt? I respect your opinion, Tim. But in my own opinion, I believe that we need a wall. 
I believe this because of this data I am looking at right now. There is proof that walls do work, and in fact, in San Diego, where there is a wall, illegal traffic dropped 92% over the past 23 years. Also in El Paso, illegal traffic dropped 72% over 22 years, and one year, 95% dropped. In Tucson, illegal traffic dropped 90% over 15 years. These are just simple facts that prove that the wall should be built, and we should stay shut down until we can agree upon that. And I just can't wait until the Democrats can see that. Also, I have many citizens phoning in from, um, from Utah, and other people have heard that people want the wall, and Nancy Pelosi should just let it happen. I agree with Tim that the wall is a huge waste of money, and I'll be open to discussion about uh, higher border security as soon as our citizens are getting paid. Alright, I see what you're saying, Bob, but I think that building this wall is extremely important. So I think that justifies keeping the government shut down until the Democrats are ready to at least have a civil discussion about funding the wall on this new bill. I respect your opinions, but in my own, I think there should be some border security, but not that much, because right now we're doing fine. We obviously have seized a lot of drugs coming across the border, but the only reason I think Trump is going for a wall is because he said it in the beginning of his presidency, and now halfway through, he hasn't really done anything about it, so he's rushing last second to do something that he promised which that's part of the reason the government shutdown happened because he's trying to prove his point that he will get the wall up. But at the same time, nobody really thinks he can get it up because in the time that it takes for him to build that wall, it will be a long time. He's expecting to get it done in a couple of years, even though in reality, he could get, it'll probably get done in five to 10 years because he has to do it all across the border. And he has to also buy all the land to place the wall on. This podcast is sponsored by Jeremy Harrell. This is one of his most recent songs, Build the Wall. Welcome back to the Foreign Relations Podcast. Right now, we're going to talk about certain events that are happening around the world that apply to the Foreign Relations Committee. First off, we will discuss what's happening in Saudi Arabia with Jamal Khashoggi's murder. Well, on October 2nd, 2018, Washington Post journalist Jamal Khashoggi was killed in Turkey while trying to finalize a divorce. This is very controversial because we're not sure how he died or why he died. There are many conspiracy theories relating to this event. People believe the Crown Prince Muhammad bin Salman of Saudi Arabia uh, was linked to this death. So, so far our main suspect for the murder would be the Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia, but Trump and our whole government is not sure on how to take action on this event because we have a good relationship with Saudi Arabia and we rely on them for things such as oil and we have a good trading relationship with them. So we don't want to call them out for anything that we're not sure of. So we're just waiting for more facts while um, the CIA is investigating it more thoroughly in Saudi Arabia. Oh, as of now, it's really hard for the government to do anything about this situation, and especially hard on Trump, because he has to make a decision whether he should say something or nothing, because right now, both Turkey and Saudi Arabia are at odds with each other, and we are allies with both of these countries, so if we make a move on either side, we could tarnish the relationship that we have with the other one, so I don't think Trump will make a move on this. Also recently in Saudi Arabia, 
Members of Congress have been vocal in calling for an end of U.S. support for Saudi Arabia's war in Yemen. Just last week, the Senate voted to advance a bill that, if passed, would require President Trump to remove all troops in or affecting Yemen within 30 days. This action would lead to the U.S. taking Turkey's side, maybe, and I believe that right now we're in between a rock and a hard place because there's no real uh, solution to the problem where we have both sides still like us and continue a mutual relationship. What do you guys think about the most recent rumors that Russia has been involved with the U.S. election? Well, Ethan, during the 2016 election, there has been allegations that Russia has interfered in the election to favor Trump. This has been very controversial over the past, over the recent weeks, and nobody really knows what to believe. This could lead to impeachment if Trump was directly involved and worked with the Russians to win the election. Well, Tim, I see how you could think that's suspicious, but I know Trump a little better than you do, and I stand behind him. There are, like, some small facts pointing against him, but he's actually an honest person who wouldn't lie about such a big thing to our whole country. This whole investigation is just a big misunderstanding, honestly, and I don't think we should keep wasting our resources on something that's just going to lead to a dead end. But, Ted, would you be saying that if Trump weren't supporting you right now? Yes, I truly believe that Trump wouldn't do a thing like that just to win an election. I may not always agree with Trump on everything, but I do not believe he was involved in any wrongdoing involving the 2016 election. I believe that if Russia did interfere with the election, he had no knowledge of it, and we should stop persecuting him. Also, I believe, uh, as the Foreign Relations Committee, we have been recently discussing Russia's uh, honesty with its treaties because recently we have evidence that they violated the INF Treaty or the Intermediate Range Nuclear Forces Treaty uh, because recently they have... So the treaty basically describes that Russia can't have any nuclear missiles and they have to... uh, disband any ones that are short-range that could affect any country uh, near them. And we have evidence that leads us to believe that they still have short-range nuclear missiles that they could use on any European country that they are having problems with recently because we know that they have been. Speaking of Russia, Bob, what is your thought on most recent actions that Russia took against Ukraine? While we are allies with Ukraine and they are in NATO, there isn't much that we can do as of now. I think we just need to take this day by day because we aren't in the greatest relationship with Russia. And the last thing we want is to cause World War III. So we're just going to take it day by day. So I agree with you on that, Bob. So Russia actually planned out some of this military aggression against Ukraine in advance. We found proof that they were intending on doing those actions. And... The main, like, part of the issue here is how Russia is trying to force Ukraine to stay with their church. And Ukraine wants to have freedom of religion like the U.S., but Russia is oppressing them still. Yes, Ted. Ever since the Soviet Union fell, Ukraine wanted out from Russia. And now, once they've regained power, they're trying to keep Ukraine from leaving. And this is a major problem. Interesting conversation. Now, Bob, what are your most recent thoughts on the statement you released about Venezuela? 
I strongly back the efforts by the United States to use economic and political pressure to support the restoration of democracy in Venezuela. But given the well-being of the Venezuelan people, uh, I think the U.S. should expand with peace efforts so that we can peacefully address Venezuela's uh, crisis. For the U.S. to be most effective, we have to coordinate closely with a growing international coalition that supports uh, uh, President Guaido. So recently, me and some of my friends on this committee, Jim Risch and Marco Rubio and Ben Cardin and Rick Scott, met with some of the new Venezuelan president's staff. And so we discussed a lot of the importance of the transition process being led by the interim president, Guandio, and the consequences of Nicolas Maduro's misrule and in increasing repression. So my good friend, Senator Rich, emphasized the importance of the EU and the other nations backing President Guadio's leadership and constitutional legitimacy. And all these discussions are hoping to lead to peace in Venezuela and stop this whole conflict. Yes, I, I really enjoyed that meeting. And as well, my good friend Jim Rich, I loved his quote saying, I can say this. I believe that the Gallardo government has a legitimate, non-violent plan to get the matter stabilized and get the government in place. Today, my colleagues and I committed our full support to the Venezuelan delegation and let them know we are ready to assist in the transition and ensure it is accomplished as smoothly as possible. And I do truly hope that the transition goes down well and Venezuela can get back on its feet. This will be the conclusion of the Foreign Relations Podcast. I'd like to thank everybody who tuned in. And also, I'd like to thank everybody. I'd like to thank Mitt, Ted Cruz, Tim Kaine, and Bob Menendez for joining in. And all the stuff we talked about, I've learned a lot today. I've also seen other viewpoints on the, on the subjects. When we talked about Venezuela, like most recently, I was able to learn some, a few things from there. And when we learned about Russia, I was also, my, some of my viewpoints changed on that due to hearing these people talk about and how they see things because they're higher up in the government. And at the same time, when we talked about the murder of the journalist, I was able to find out different ways that people thought he died because not only that he like died, it also affected people around the world. And since there are so many ways that he could have died, nobody really knows yet. People think it's Trump. People think it's the prince. It just really all depends from where you are in the government. And that'd be the conclusion of this content of this podcast. All right, thank you for joining us, guys. This is Ethan, your host, and. I hope you guys had a fun time, learned a lot. Thank you. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.